Welcome to the Dudes of Doxology podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. I hope you're doing well. As always, we would love for you to give us a five-star review uh, on whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. We'd love to share those reviews with you. And as always, as well, the Dudes and Doxology podcast is brought to you by The Refinery, the College and Young Adult Ministry of Ankeny Free Church. To learn more, go to ankenyfree.church slash refinery. We are sitting in the new podcast studio. It is less illustrious. It is less decorated, but it still is functional. Really, it's just now the studio here at the beautiful campus. Stunning. Yeah dazzling campus of Ankeny Free Church. To my right, as always, is Hunter Thorpe. Hunter, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you're having a great Sunday thus far. Yes, we are recording this on a Sunday. To my left, as always, is Kyle Rude. Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing dazzling. You're just, you're always dazzling. When I think of you, I think dazzling. Dazzling. And then right across the table from us is someone really excited about to have on the podcast. Someone that we've, I mean, honestly... Uh, since the beginning, always kind of, you know, pushed around the idea of, man, we'd love to have this person on for an episode, you know, to uh, for, you know, whatever topic would be uh, familiar with them. And it is Kyle Melcher, ladies oh. and gentlemen. Kyle Melcher. Kyle, how are you doing today? I am splendid. Thank you, JD. Ooh, that's great. I think that's our first splendid. Rude is dazzling. You're splendid. Hun- splendid. Hunter and I. We're good. We're just, I'm, I'm here. I preached this morning. My children have acted like children today you know (laughs) i'm i'm worn out knocks through a biscuit at pastor todd hey who hasn't (laughs) we went to olive garden today for lunch and as the waiter was serving us our you know unlimited salad because that's that's kind of what that's why you go you go for the salad and the breadsticks and let's just be honest as he's leaving like again like we've just like we've been there maybe five minutes as the waiter is leaving I go, have a good day. And and as the words were coming out of my mouth, I knew what I was saying was weird. <laughs> because I knew, man, I'm going to see this guy in like five minutes. As my wife would say, you glitched. And and Kaylee lost her marbles. She laughed hysterically. And she laughed all day really about it. But she goes, as I was said, as I said, have a good day to the waiter. The waiter like kind of like turned back as he's walking away and was like, wait, what? What did you just say? It was, you ever been to the theater and they're like, enjoy your movie. And you go, you, you too. <laughs> it was like one of those moments. And I felt like such an idiot. And Kaylee's like, you have to say something or this, the rest of the dinner is going to be so weird. You have to say something. So I was like, okay. So like the second, the, the not the next time the waiter came back because I chickened out. But the next time <laughs> after that, the waiter came back, I was like. Hey, a few minutes ago when you walked away from the table, I said, have a good day. That was just really weird. I'm really sorry. I don't know why I said that. I'm just really exhausted. He's like, no, I'm glad you said something because that, that was so weird. Um, so it's been a uh, just a weird day for some of us, but we're so glad to be with you uh, for this episode. We're glad that Kyle's here. It's the week of Thanksgiving. I'm glad I'm here too. Yeah, I mean, we should, I clear, that. We should clear that up right now. Melcher. What, the Thanksgiving? No, two Kyles in the room. We have two Kyles in the room. We're going to call him Kyle and you can be Melcher. How about this morning that? at church, we had at least three Kyles in the room because Shomer was back from ministry oh, school. Oh my gosh. I thought I felt something. We have like this weird thing where when all three the of us Trinity are in the of same Kyles room, causes like a singularity to start to <laughs> form. Okay, Kevin Kester. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> it was Pastor's Appreciation Sunday when all three of us were on stage, and he goes, <laughs> "We have the trinity tr- our pastors. trinity of pastors here." Oh, and I wanted to crawl in a hole and die <laughs> when he said that. I was like, oh, "I hate that." How about we call you the Triforce <laughs> of Kyles? That just seems more appropriate. The Kyle maybe. Force, less blasphemous, maybe something. I don't know. Anyways, Kyle like uh, Melcher, I'll say Melcher from now on. I'll, I, uh, I can also just stop your home making lame dad jokes from you like <laughs> your home on Thanksgiving break. How has your first semester um, of college? How's it going so far? It's been great, um, honestly. Like it, it didn't exceed expectations, but that's okay. Um, it's nice to settle into something and just have it go as you expect. Uh, everything's been pretty smooth. I found amazing godly community with lots of guys there. Campus is absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, studies are fine. It's like high school, just part two. So we're go, driving. Go Cyclones. Love that. You're going during a season where they're actually okay at football, so that's nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we just lost yesterday, but we're not doing bad. I think but we have six Texas. wins. Like yeah, Texas is a good team to lose to. I don't know why you're looking at me. I don't follow football. You acted like you were going to say something. I don't know. I just keep, you're just like. I went to Iowa State, but I don't follow the football team. So get out of here. Oh, basketball. Ba- their basketball team is 4 0, man. Do you follow any sports, Kyle? Track and field. Melcher, what's your favorite, like, Ames restaurant that you've really enjoyed going to or coffee shop? One of the two. I have to give a shout out to Bergie's Coffee. Oh, Bergie's. Yeah. So amazing. Love but me some Bergie's. Which one? The North location's definitely. By, by the fairway. So. Yeah, hundred um, percent. My dad goes there all the time, and he gets the affogato. You ever got that? It's a scoop of vanilla ice cream, and then they pour like two shots of, uh, not liquor, but uh, two shots of espresso on it. And uh, I don't think anyone was thinking you were going to say liquor. Why is that two shots? And then again, my brain went dead because I'm just so exhausted. Very Baptist dad does two shots with ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, uh, we well, Melcher. It's so glad to have you here. I mean, when I think of just straight up legends of of Ankeny Free Student Ministry, uh, you are on the top of the list, my friend. Four years on the student leadership team, served on the student ministry uh, worship band, served on our Sunday morning worship worship team, uh, served in a variety of roles, and. Um, yeah, like I was a freshman when you got to uh, our church, and yeah, like I'm just it's glad to have you on the podcast, and I just think you're awesome. So uh, today, it's been shock. It's been a couple weeks since we've done had a podcast. Been like four, hasn't it? What? I think it's I think, it it's, I think it's three or four. Three yeah, or four. Yeah. We had the chili cook off. I was out of town. Mm-hmm. I think one of you were out of town as well. I was doing something. It's been a while. The week before that. Right. We just finished our Roman Catholicism series. We did um, three podcasts on that. We thought it would be one, but it really turned into three. There was so much content there. Um, And now we're going to do four episodes. It might grow. It probably will grow. But the topics are singleness, dating, being engaged, engagement, and marriage. And I can very easily see the topics of dating and marriage growing to at least two episodes each, if not uh, three. But Kyle Melcher, that's why uh, we asked you to come on, number one, because we know you're in town because it's Thanksgiving break, but also because tonight we're talking about singleness. Um, Kyle, I mean, I've just known you for about four, four, a little over four years now. You've, you've, been in, um, you've been in dating relationships before. Before we dive into this too You can much, talk. Are you? I, no, no, no. I was, he was I raising to, his hand. I didn't see you. I'm sorry. No. Before we dive into this too much, I just think we should go over how long each of us have been single, because I think that's very helpful for the listener how or how we long we haven't, haven't been, single. been single. Yeah, rather <laughs> been single for about three minutes after this podcast was released. <laughs> um, All right, Hunter, how long has it been since you were single? Well, um, 2014. So it's been almost 10 years. Mine is 2009, so that's 14 years. 2011, almost 12, well, over 12 then. And I mean, I'm going up on 10 years of marriage right now um, to my first wife. Uh, no, just kidding. My <laughs> only wife. Sorry, Kaylee. Hunter, how many years of marriage is it for you and Bree? So we've been married for four years and we have a three-year-old. It's great. It's so good. So good. That's what married. the two parts of marriage are. We've been married for four man. years and we have a three and a half year old. Wait a second. <laughs> no. Kyle Rude. We've been married for six years and we have a almost four year old and a two and a half year old. Great. He's not as important. Just kidding. Wow, that's really that's horrible. I'm so sorry, Colin. Kyle, how I mean, so we're talking about singleness. We're have we're obviously we have you on. Um I've known you for several, several years now. You've been in dating relationships before. Um, I think right now you are single. Is that correct? Yes, sir. How long have you been walking in this season of singleness currently? Um, I would say with the posture of my heart, I've been walking with singleness mm-hmm. um, for a little over a year. Uh, but, you know, in the beginning it wasn't easy uh, after some series of events. But Totally. Uh, I've grown to fully appreciate the state that I'm in. I mean, singleness is a gift, as Paul says in First Corinthians, but it's also a tool, more importantly, and it opens up a variety of doors and removes a lot of constraints that allow you to spread the gospel and just live for Christ in some pretty unique ways that you frankly don't see as much when you're married. That's right. Um, 
we should just have Kyle do the whole thing. I mean, Jesus, we'll just leave. You thought about it a lot more than we this. have. Yeah, totally. Preach. So, so many Christians, um, many single Christians all across the globe. Um, I mean, I just think is 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 a fair statement to say they are wasting their singleness. Would you guys agree with that? Yes, statement? absolutely. Um, Myself included when I was single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And so the question we want to pose to you, our listeners, is are you one of them? And, and by, by no means, you know, us doing this this series of, of episodes, are we saying that we have all the answers to singleness and we're just these relationship gurus, asks our, ask our wives. We're not. Um, but we are well are aware of – We're laughing because it's like – once you're married, nobody knows your flaws better than your spouse. Oh my gosh. And oftentimes that becomes a, if something's wrong, they will point out those flaws and you just feel devastated because you're like, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Or you did. And they just, yes, they're twisting a fork in you. Kyle, no one can see the actions you're doing. This is exact. I'm just, I'm just trying to get you guys to laugh. It's, it's pretty So by, by no means do we have all the answers to singleness, but we are well aware of the struggles and the difficulties and blessings that, you know, singleness brings and the road can be painful. I think all of us has, have probably experienced that, but it doesn't have to be joyless. And, and so how can you enjoy listener your singleness without wasting it? And so really we have two sections for us to walk through. The first one is if you are single but you want to be in a relationship. And then the second is if you are single and you're just honestly fine with that. So really let's dive in. If you're single but you want to be in a relationship, we want you to know this. We want you to beware of grumbling. And grumbling is not going to suddenly bring Prince Charming or princess jasmine or princess perfect to your side plus grumbling leads to bitterness which i think we all could probably agree is unattractive instead of grumbling that you are single and wish you weren't make it a habit to recount the blessings the lord has bestowed upon you all of which are undeserved i think we we can all agree with that every day is a gift has, has anyone ever, I mean, I'm talking to you, you four, has anyone ever had a friend and like, you know, you're, maybe you're in the in a relationship and a couple other f- friends in the friend group are in a relationship. And then there's that one single person. Yeah. Anybody ever been there? I was that single person for a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you, was that fun No. <laughs> to be the whatever wheel? You know what I mean? Nope. Yeah. It's not, it's not fun. Did you ever complain? Did you ever grumble? Yeah, not out loud. Really? Because it, I mean, it's hard seeing all yeah. of your friends coupled up. Right. They all have their significant whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Meltry, ever walk through that? Yeah. Um, my senior prom uh, in the group I was in, I was the only person without a date there. And so naturally, I assumed the dominant pose in the middle of the pictures. Um, <laughs> That's the way to do it. Wide. But yeah, I mean, I never uh, complained and I never thought of it as a, you know, a bad thing. But it was definitely something that kind of strikes you in a different way and kind of pulls at your heart a bit. Especially when you see everyone, you know, kind of having fun, going off and doing their own thing, being understood by someone else, and then you're just there in the middle. And I think the age, the older you are, the more intense it gets. Because in your mind, the clock is ticking. Um, you know, I, so Kaylee and I, we got married super young. I was 20. Kaylee was 21. Hunter, how old were you and Bree when you got married? So I was 20, let's see, 25. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? We were, I was 23, Kennedy was 22. Yeah. So we were, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, all of us were generally young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, I even remember having friends when I got married who struggled to hang out with us after we got married because they were still living in singleness and it was difficult for them to, you know, see Kaylee and I, uh, you know, living in that, you know, sacred union with each other. And when that's what they wanted uh, big time. And, and they th- these friends even explained it to me. You know, singleness might be a waiting season, but it doesn't need to be a wasted season. Many singles are discouraged and despondent. But friends, it doesn't have to be that way. There's so much joy and treasure and wisdom and memories and experiences to be had. So don't waste this time. That's the whole kind of goal of what we're going to chat about with you on this podcast. We want you to use this time of singleness. If you're in one, when you're in one well for what will last. 
So one thing that we need to be aware of also is just not making a list for your future spouse, but making a list for yourself. We need to be people who are complete in God prior to finding somebody because this idea that Hollywood sells us that you're completed by somebody else is utterly false. You are completed in Christ. You are not completed in another person. That doesn't mean that another person won't bring out certain aspects of you that are great, sometimes horrible as well, but it means that you need to be complete and comfortable in who you are in Christ prior to having this marriage type thing. You need to really instead focus on what you need to do to prepare yourself to be in a situation where you are able to be a spouse. Um, I think for myself, there were just some things that I really needed to work on when I was single in college. There were things like just patience for other people, trying to be more compassionate, more understanding of other people. I kind of had a very narrow view of how I looked at things and kind of opening my mind up in uh, certain ways specifically to how women approach things was very helpful for me uh, when I was starting early in my relationship with my now wife. Yeah. What I've, um, I mean, tried to communicate, like whenever I teach, preach about this topic of like singleness, dating relationships is instead of for a good chunk of the time, trying to find the, find the quote unquote, the one, how about you just try to make yourself the one? How about you focus on your relationship with Christ, the, the things you need to check off the checklist of, you know, taking care of some emotional baggage that you might have, um, taking care of relational struggles in your past that you need to address, taking care of trauma from your past that you need to take care of before you can wholeheartedly jump honestly into a dating relationship. There's a saying that uh, it goes like, instead of uh, trying to find somebody, be the person that the person you want to find mm-hmm. wants to find. Right. And, during singleness, you have this freedom and kind of it's no like deadline to work on yourself. And you don't have that much pressure. But if you find yourself in a serious relationship and then some things about you are brought up and you see some flaws that you need to work on and you're kind of racing against time to get that um, fixed before you get married, that induces some pressure that actually can work against you and make it even worse and create perhaps a downward spiral. Well said. Yeah. Uh, well, right, before, Kyle, that was exactly what I was going to say. So, um, you know, maybe, you know, having the same name, it makes us think the same. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, that was that, good. That's going to be edited out. <laughs> good. And, and just remember, uh, as you're going through this, making a list for yourself, uh, the person you want to be, you know, in your twenties, it's not the person you want to be in your fifties or even beyond that. You have to think about what you want long-term for somebody because, theoretically you marry somebody in your twenties, your thirties, you could be up with them, be with them for 50, 60 years. And you should be the person that you want to be with that person. Long term. You want to be who you want to be for the, your whole life. Not just who you want to be the cool hip person in your twenties that fades. No matter how cool you are in your twenties, you're probably not going to be cool in your thirties to 20 year olds. That's just life. I'll, I'll say this too. When, when you're thinking about the type of qualities you want, in a future spouse, um, you need to think of, and you said the long-term qualities that made me think about this. I mean, beauty is fleeting. Um, attractiveness on a physical level is fleeting. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I, I remember seeing this uh, study. I can't remember what, what age generally this happens for most people, but there, there's a certain age kind of range where once you hit that pinnacle every day after that, you're one day closer to death. You're no longer growing up. You're now, you know, slowly dying. Um, uh, and, and so it's 26. We, we all there. Well, there we thank you. There we go. We all want to be married, be in a relationship with someone who's good looking, you know, pretty attractive, you know, for ladies, they want a handsome, uh, they want a handsome man, but by the time you're 60, 70, 50 even years old even, I mean, a lot of that stuff has faded away. Unless you're George Clooney, you're going to look worse in your 60s than you did in your 50s. <laughs> right. And so what I'm trying to get at is instead of just solely focusing on the, you know, the outward appearance, you need to look at the person's heart. You need to look at, you know, their soul. You need to look at the, their inner qualities that they bring to the table and not just you know, having a bunch of things checked off your checklist when it comes to how they look on the outside. How do they look on the inside? How do they love God? Uh, those are just a couple of things that came to my mind. Ultimately, marriage is meant to reflect the relationship between Christ and the church. Absolutely. 
Um, there's nothing in the church that, or in us that is, would be, you know, attractive to Christ, but he loves us unconditionally and our marriages should reflect that rather than looking for the external things we need to, we're working together to serve Christ. That's the bottom line of marriage. Well, I'll just continue um, to our next point. Uh, so remember that you are in this season for a reason. I like that. Oh, oh that, I like that. It is the reason for the season. Your singleness. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's almost Christmas, guys. Jingle. Put that one on a shirt. <laughs> Your singleness is the reason for the season. <laughs> Every kiss begins with okay. <laughs> As C.S. Lewis wisely said. <laughs> As C.S. Lewis once said. As C.S. Lewis once said, God would not have anyone waiting unless he saw it was good for them to wait. I'll say it again. God would not have anyone waiting unless he saw it was good for them to wait. God says that he will work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose whether there would be good things in this life or if that's all going to be for us in the afterlife, we don't know. But if God has something in your life, it's meant to grow you spiritually. Um, it's not meant to keep you down and uh, make your life worse in the long run. God is, God is trying to turn you into uh, a new person, right? He's made you a new creation and he's sanctifying you. He doesn't, he doesn't work in your life to make it things worse for you. You're waiting you're not waiting on accident is what I'm trying to say. God's not depriving you by making you single or keeping you single. Because as, as Kyle said earlier, when you're single, you have greater responsibilities, greater opportunities mm-hmm. to work and do things for God. Um, ultimately, if there's a time when you're single and it's very hard, you really desire that a relationship, it's God's way of changing you. Uh, maybe he's even changing you into the person that the person you want to be with is looking for, as Kyle also said. The suffering servant, Jesus, he was single, um, and God is using this time to make you more like him. Um, that's what this life is all about, our sanctification. I, mean, I think of all the people in the Bible that God made to wait, Abraham and Sarah waiting for the promised son, and then their minds, you know, they're like, God, we are so old. Like, how is this going to happen? We've, you know, Sarah is past childbirthing years, and Abraham, my Lord, is so old. Sarah says, um, and God just says, "Trust me, I'm going to work this out." Think of Joseph in Egypt. God made Joseph wait and go through just ups and downs, trials, um, for ultimately him to be reunited with his brothers, and then for him to save, really, I mean, millions of people during the famine. Mm-hmm. Other examples from scripture of just God making people wait. And even though there is struggle in the waiting, we need to understand that God is having us wait for purposes that we are not aware of currently, but it will make sense down the road. You know, my goodness, I, I've been, I've been a Christian for, I mean, about 20 years now, excuse me, 25 years now. And the amount of times when God has forced me to wait on something are the times in my life where I've experienced the most blessings and the most almost like, wow, God, I'm so glad I waited. Even though that wasn't the funnest experience in the waiting, man, I'm reaping the benefits now mm-hmm. of being made to wait. And an important distinction to make is that while we might see the fruits of that at some point, the Bible never promises clarity. Um, think of Job, for example. I mean, he went yep. through all that suffering. And even if you read through the end of the book, in a way, he still didn't receive the full picture of why he went through what he went through. The picture of Satan uh, basically gambling with God, saying that this servant of yours is going to turn away if you make him suffer. So just be important to trust God, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when we have limited information, even when it goes against what we think intrinsically, that that's faith. Mm-hmm. I think just from my own experience, I would not have... So I wouldn't be on the pathway that I am in life, but for a, a, a season of singleness, uh, prior to dating my wife, I had a, a couple, uh, well, obviously there was a long season of singleness there because, you know, 
not getting married and all that. But I had this season where I was in college, wasn't dating dating anybody. And because of that, I decided, hey, I'm going to apply for an internship just to see what would happen. I got this internship where I would be lobbying for laws in D.C. So I spent a semester in D.C. and it was kind of something that just fell in my lap and I would not have applied for it but for being single. And it was while I was there that I was told by an attorney that I should apply to law school because I kind of have the type of mind that would work well as a lawyer. And I probably would not be a lawyer but for going and doing that type of work, working out there in D.C. And so this this season of singleness led me to my career path and put me where I am today and put me in a place where I can provide for my now wife and children that I wouldn't have even thought of really at any point in my life. Yeah. The next thing we want to tell you, the person, if you're single, but you want to be in a relationship, we want to encourage you to not hyper-spiritualize dating. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, he says this, To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. Then verse 9, that if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. You know, we, we Christians, we can sometimes be so awkward with dating advice, can't we? Like, it's just, there's been some really cringy analogies and, I mean, oh my goodness, all sorts of, you know, messages and lessons I've heard, small group times. Let me just, let's just cut through all that. If you find someone who loves Jesus, loves the church, and you're attracted to them, and they're attracted to you, and your friends and your family kind of give you the green light, like, yeah, this seems like it would be a good fit, then what are you waiting for? Don't hyper-spiritualize dating and trying to find that right person and you know, making this hypothetical person in your mind jump through all of these pretend hoops to, you know, possibly win your affections or for them to win uh, yours. So, I mean, just just be crystal clear and just have that kind of foundation. Do they love Jesus? Do they love the church? Because if they love, if they do those two things, a lot of boxes are checked. If they are interested in you, if you're interested in them, and if your family and friends, the people in your life that you've given permission to give you advice, if they kind of think this is a good idea, then pursue that. Pursue that. You know, and maybe on the other side, um, well, we talk about don't hyper-spiritualize dating. Um, Often people can feel a pressure to date or to get married um, because it's presented as this better spiritual or necessary thing that you have to do when you're a Christian. Um, but I mean, there are, there are plenty, plenty of examples of people we can talk about who were single and were used by God throughout their whole lives as single people Mm -hmm. all, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. talking about first Corinthians, you know, he wrote all that down. So Mm -hmm. there was a professor at uh, my Bible college. Um, he just died about, uh, two, three years ago. Um, uh, uh, professor Houghton and, um, I mean, he was just single all his life mm-hmm. um, and just really dedicated his life to theology and to doctrine and to teaching, to building up the church. And um, I mean, really uh, just a man I had uh, immense respect for uh, when it came to just, you know, gracious Christian living. Um, and then just to know that, man, he's just he's just always focused on, you know, Jesus and the word and um, I mean, really, that's what Paul says, you know, in this season of singleness, if that's your whole life, you now have this freedom to and serve the Lord and serve the kingdom in sometimes greater ways because you're not, you know, I don't want to say hindered, but you're not encumbered by the weight of, you know, a spouse or a possible family. Um, you really have just your whole life to give. And it's just a, another Point, uh, we shouldn't be putting our ultimate hope in our our marriages or future marriages. It's not something that we should have that hope, and our ultimate hope should be in Christ. As uh, Paul says in Colossians, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. We really need to focus on our service to the Lord, not our service to 
some theoretical spouse that's out there. I mean, there are people who probably desire to be married someday that that's just not going to be something that happens just because you desire. It doesn't mean that the Lord is going to give it to you. That's not a bad thing. It's just sometimes the reality of the situation. But if you have a deep desire to be, Oh, (laughs) what's wrong? Your notes say the exact opposite of what I just said. (laughs) What does it say? It says, if you have a deep desire to get married one day, you will probably get married. Or you may not. Sorry, I, I read that and it just that made me laugh a little bit because it's like I was saying something that was kind of the opposite. I mean, I think if you have a deep desire and that's something you're actively chasing after, yeah. I think chances are you will most likely get married one day. Right. I don't disagree. I yeah, think yeah. that most people who have that deep desire to get married probably will be married someday. Um, but there are just certain people who do have that deep desire where that's just right. It won't it's not happen. in the cards. I totally agree. And that could be because of being unequally yoked with somebody. And I think, unfortunately, if we are being 100 percent honest with what the church data tells us, there are significantly more females who are evangelical in the church who have are faithful living their lives for the Lord than there are men. Mm-hmm. That's just it's an unfortunate reality of the situation. And that that puts our, our sisters in Christ in a weird situation when it comes to their singleness and pursuing a godly man. Um, but if they're being faithful to the Lord and carrying out what they need to, there's, there's, there's some issues, but hopefully the Lord will, you know, there will be something that works out in that. Uh, that being said, however, uh, your wedding day, your honeymoon, a family that you can envision in your life that may come, it may not, uh, you have no idea really what's going to happen to you in your future. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You could, you may not wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So your ultimate hope ought to be in Jesus in your season of singleness. Not, uh, not when you're, you know, married, there's, there's a lot that goes on in our lives that we should be placing our hope in Christ ultimately, right. not in some other person or some other thing. To be honest, this is a good word for married people too. The first several years of my marriage, I, I could probably confess that I was placing my hope in my marriage, um, in in Kaylee, in kind of our level of happiness or lack of level of happiness, um, and that really affected just a lot of my. I mean, really, there's a lot of things about me, and um, it's been really a joy to these last several years to transition placing really my level of happiness and my hope in my relationship with Kaylee. And even though I love obviously my wife um, with all my heart, I'm, I'm married to a sinner. And so is my wife. My wife is married to a sinner as well. Hunter, Kyle, you're married to a sinner and so are your wives. Um, Your spouse will let you down. Um, And even though we want to, you know, my spouse, she's perfect or he's perfect and they never do anything wrong. That's just not true. It's just not true. Let's just, let's just live in, live in the real world. And so if we're placing our ultimate hope on, on a broken sinner, that will let us down. But if we are placing our hope on a perfect savior, that will never let us down. Um, Yeah. It's, it's like when Jesus is warning us against building our foundation on the sand, um, if we build our foundation on anything other than him, it's ultimately going to fail us. And so when that ends in the context of marriage, if we build our foundation on Jesus um, rather than on our spouse, it's going to make the marriage so much better. Um, and even if you aren't married, putting your hope in Jesus, that's what you're made for. Um, Melcher, the circles you, the, your friend circles, um, I mean, do you think, do you, do you see this being an issue with your friends or people you've spent time with in the past of like people who are living in the singleness season and man, they're just kind of casting all their hope into that basket of man, one day I'm going to be married and it's going to be this and she's going to be this or he's going to be this or whatever. Um, I would agree that that's definitely something that's present, uh, especially in Christians my age. I swear like from ages 18 to 24, it's just a race to get married. <laughs> Who can, right. Who's all around in the Christian circles. And people are like, ring by spring. Going to like, college to get your MRS my degree. Wife, my wife got that MRS degree. <laughs> people were calling friends, checking, you know, phone numbers and Facebook pages and all that, trying to figure out, does this work? And then, you know, there's some people who are maybe a bit less uh, involved in church who are, I would say like, yeah, they're, they're reaching out, they're desperate and they're, uh, 
they're not fully placing their faith and hope in Christ. And, uh, you know, the expectations are set way too high um, for what marriage is going to bring them. Because it's important right. to keep mm-hmm. the perspective that marriage is a temporary thing for this earth. Um, and, like, there isn't necessarily a lot of evidence that the bonds you have here with your wife or, you know, a spouse uh, would continue on in heaven because you will love everyone else equally as much. And that just, it's kind of sad, but it loses its significance in a way um, after this life. And so, like, marriage, uh, it's a vessel um, for ministry through, you know, your offspring and uh, ways you can just be patient with not only your kids, but other people's kids. You, uh, you're just a lot more sympathetic. And I would say it's a real test of patience. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's your faith. You answer for your actions, and mm-hmm. it's about how Christ has redeemed you and then how you can spread that word to other people. I have to say back when when memes were really taking off, which is a thing that, you know, happened kind of while I was in college. I don't know if you guys remember when memes started just yes. taking over the Internet. How can I forget? It was it was kind of wild, but I remember it's on all the Christian Christian meme websites, they would have two memes related to singleness. And one was the youth group boy <laughs> praying that he could have sex before he gets <laughs> before, before the, the Lord comes back. back. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Wow!" I just saw a meme today of that. <laughs> okay, so those memes like, have not disappeared. Like you just get married, and then like the rapture happens, and you saved yourself for marriage. <laughs> Can you? You know, you haven't got to the honeymoon part yet. Oh my <laughs> and lord! I just think of that as putting like your ultimate hope in something that's like. Yeah, sex is good, but Jesus is better, dude. Hey, man, th- there's also the one meme. It's Gollum holding up the ring, and it's like every girl at every Bible college <laughs> getting that ring, and she's like holding it up just like, you know, just just loving the image of this ring and that was the everything that comes with it. That was the other meme I was thinking of was the, the uh, MRS degree or ring by spring, Heck like yeah. first semester of Bible college type thing. Did I tell you, man, the Bible college is such a weird thing. Like, it's... You know, it's January, February. A lot of people. I mean, I got engaged in January. Like, as a freshman? Uh, no, 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 no. I was a, I was a sophomore. I was a. Sophomore. But Kaylee and I had dated for like you know four or five years at that point. But um, I, I think this is also like, place. Don't place your ultimate hope in marriage. So many people go. That problem will be fixed when I get married. Yeah, let me just tell you. The marriage will prove how much of a sinner you are every single day. I won't struggle with fill in the blank when I'm married. I Lies. won't need to look at porn Lies. when I'm married. I, I, I won't struggle with selfishness when I'm married. <laughs> I won't have Lies. issues from my past trauma or baggage when I'm married and my spouse can help me. I mean, that Lies. might be a true statement, like my spouse can help me, but you, you'll still have that baggage with you if you don't address it. Yeah. I can't tell you all the young men I've spoken to. Like, well, I mean, I mean, just young guys in our youth group, they'll just they'll they'll talk to me and be like, "Hey, I mean, porn's not a thing when you're married, right?" I'm like, "You know how many married men struggle with pornography? Like, like it's, just because you have a wife doesn't mean you don't struggle with lust or temptation or purity, right?" And on the other end, with selfishness, it's there's something that I think a lot of single people don't realize, and that is when you're married. You don't get to play Call of Duty Warzone till three in the morning every single day. Wait, what? I shouldn't be doing that. Is that what you're saying? Just um, just I mean, it depends. Do we'll you want to stay married? <laughs> he wants to hop on. Where are we dropping? Boys? Take a, he wants we'll to talk about on. it later. <laughs> or dance, man. They, they just got the original maps in Fortnite back. I'm not gonna. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I'm not <laughs> kidding. That did happen. I've played it once with Calvin. Shout Should out win? to Calvin. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Top three. Actually, I didn't win, but top three. Oh, nice. All right. Hunter, I totally agree. Like, you shouldn't just be a couch potato when you come home and, yeah, right. just veg out on video games. Right. There's just a level totally of once true. you're married, there's, like, things that you could do like, while you're single and get away with that yeah. you cannot do anymore. You have to spend time with your what? spouse. You can't selfishly right. use your time for whatever your silly hobbies or ways that you get joy out of you. You can't do it as much as you did before. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I mean, a lot of things like when you get married, okay, it's not it's time to it's time to man up. And hopefully, before you've before you get married, you've manned up a little bit. Um, and yeah, you just don't have a desire to to sack out and play cod all day or you know go golfing all the time and leave your wife at home or anything like that but and we're not saying it's bad to like do that once in a while no. but you can't do that every single day your your lifestyle and your disposition towards those things have to change it's pretty sad that i know several men who are older than me i'm 29 i turn 30 next month several men who are older than me so old. that so old that 
that really, I mean, they just, they get home, they hop on Xbox. Like that's their thing. And I'm like, man, you have children, you have a wife. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's I, had one a, thing, I had a friend whose dad did that. It's one thing like if your kids are asleep, your wife's asleep and you're like, okay, I'm going to take the next 20 minutes and I'm just going to kind of enjoy myself just for a little bit. That's a whole different ball game. But okay. Anyway, we're kind of getting way off yeah. topic. Let's jump back well, in. Related to that last point. Um, don't place your ultimate hope in marriage is beware of idolatry in your heart. Yeah. Um, so we have a verse here, Colossians three, five put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. It's really that last statement, um, that ties in here. Ultimately, um, covetousness, desiring things that uh, are not for you that are outside of your marriage is idolatry. Um, not only, um, you know, if you're stepping out of the bounds of where God has put you in life, um, wishing for things uh, contrary to God's will for you ultimately is idolatry, coveting those things. Right. A significant other is a good thing, right? But becomes a bad thing when uh, we're turning it into uh, a God thing, turning it into the thing that we put our hope in, um, idolatry. Making anything more important to you than God is idolatry. And of course, um, we can, we, I mean, what was it? John Calvin who said the human heart is a factory for idols. Mm-hmm. It's, it's facts. It's, it's not something we can avoid, but it's something that, um, you know, you got it. You got it. You can't let it control your life. This, this desire to be in a different place than where God has put you. Um, just something to encourage uh, anybody listening. Um, Check your heart now so that you can avoid this pitfall later. I mean, seriously. Check um, yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, well, it, it's true, right? I mean, especially when it comes to idolatry. I mean, it's it's going to take you down a really bad road. Um, I knew this friend in Bible college. Yeah. Um, and Melcher, I'd love to hear your perspective going to, going to a state college. But I had this friend in Bible college. He, yeah, held dating and then marriage in such a high place which is a good thing, right? You can hold those in high esteem, but he so valued that and was probably idolatrous of those things that the more he tried to get a girlfriend and the more times he struck out and wasn't able to get one, wasn't able to get a girl to go on a date with him, the more he lowered his standards. And there's nothing wrong with having high standards and then maybe adjusting those, but he was like drastically lowering, lowering his standards. And then he, ultimately dropped out of Bible college, began dating this girl that I, I don't think was even a believer. And I think he was just going after the first girl that said yes. Mm. And it was super sad because mm. he was just chasing that. I have to be in a relationship. I want to be married. I want to have children. You know, the, the train is leaving the station on my life. You know, I can't miss out on this opportunity, all these types of things. There's way too many people that I know, both um, male, female that have given up on some really important Christian convictions to pursue somebody that they should not have been pursuing because they couldn't find somebody who held to their same beliefs while they were single. So they gave up, you know, I believe X, Y, or Z about this issue. That is a very important social issue right now. Well, I no longer believe that because I'm dating this person. It's like, well, did you really hold on to it? Yeah. People my age, you can't lower your standards. You have to lengthen your patience. You have to see like how valuable your faith in God is. And like, that's a, that's non-negotiable. Um, and we can talk about, you know, being unyoked, unequally yoked, but yeah, like I've seen firsthand people who they've gotten to that level and they're flirting with people wherever they are. Uh, and it's just right. obvious and it is, it's sad. Like I've so seen those people because and cringe. Oh yeah. It just comes off as desperate. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like a puppy trying to, you know, right. crawl back to their owner and just like man up. I mean, you know, and not to be toxic about it, but like you got to be accountable for your own life and just like you got to be real and just, you know, understand where God has you in this, that space. All right. Uh, Melcher, I'm going to give you the last word in this section. Um, give your elevator advice pitch to the person who's single, but they want to be in a relationship. What would you tell them? Um, mind you, I'm 19 years old, so I'm in no way the expert here. I can only uh, just sympathize um, because I'm in that same space per se of the singleness, not necessarily w- waiting for somebody yet. But I would say you have to be patient. That's the first thing. Like, I mean, your, your desire for a future spouse, if you feed that and let that be the thing that, like, gives you the energy to go out and be social, 
it's it's going to wreck you. Like you're going to get so exhausted later in life from that, um, and it's just it's just not sustainable. Um, and like I mean, God's timing is perfect. Amen. And so you have to have faith that He has a plan, and understanding that like you can kind of dance around and try to be a factor in that and try to control things that you know expedite the process. But in the end, it's it's God's word, and it's it's what He wants for you is what's going to happen, and your human power isn't going to stop that. Um, and so my recommendation really is just to to seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you, mm. as Matthew 6.33 says. Just pursue him with reckless abandon. Uh, you know, really work on your heart posture uh, and how you look at other people. And also a super critical thing is being able to gaze upon the opposite sex and not just see them as candidates uh, <laughs> wow. for future marriage. You know, like, guys, you got to be able to talk to girls and not always be awkward about like am i flirting is she giving signals like we got to be able to have good christian fellowship brother sisterhood you know we're siblings of christ like we got to be able to exist in that space and not always have that be a question um of course there's accountability on the other end you need to make sure that it's not uh too casual and too unguarded but Mm -hmm. understanding that like we can coexist and just be friends and not everything has to be a high stakes pressure situation of you know am i saying right things this is going to lead to a future outcome of you know a relationship your siblings before your spouses, but not in the Alabama way. <laughs> wow. Leave it in. All right. We're going to move into the next section. If you are single and you are fine with that, you're like, hey, I'm single and I am good. You know, with singleness, it comes, man, it comes a lot of free time. And what we do with that free time is really important. So we just have a couple of things to share with you, just like the section we just got done. The first one is we just encourage you to seek advice regularly. Seek biblical counsel and wisdom from other Christians in your life. Ask the hard questions and give these people permission to speak into your life and help them uh, help you to help you grow as a single Christian and, and, and potentially as a married one. If that is what the Lord has a plan for you down the road, ask others to keep you accountable and to point out your possible blind spots. Be coachable. In short, ask for wisdom from fellow wise Christians to help you thrive during this singleness season and to help prepare you for a possible future relationship and then a future uh, marriage down the road. And I think just the big thing with that, just when it comes to singleness is just be coachable. Um, Because a lot of times when we're single, I mean, we just kind of be, you know, we're not, we're not used to people giving us kind of, you know, that constructive criticism because a lot of times when you are in a relationship, you're spending so much time with someone else. They're, you know, constantly giving you a little coaching. Oh, Hey, you said this, maybe say it another way or, you know, I, you probably meant it this way, but it came off this way. You're kind of always getting that regular feedback from someone. When you're single, you're probably not getting that a whole lot when it comes to like who you are. So be coachable from friends in uh, your life. It's just a good rule of thumb in any, in any part of your Christian life, being coachable, being open to, to getting advice. I mean, seeking advice from people who've been in the next stage of life. Yeah, totally. Like, if you're a yep. single person who doesn't have kids yet, find somebody who has kids. Yeah. If you're somebody who has kids, somebody who has teenagers. Yep. Just yep. like always have that person at the next level who can talk to you about what's going on. Find the Paul to your Timothy. Exactly. Yeah. With that, I think another piece of advice that's really important is for us to guard our heart. The Bible tells us to guard our heart in Proverbs 4, that we aren't to follow our hearts because above all, it's deceitful in Jeremiah. We need to firmly guard our hearts from worldliness, idols, desiring a spouse too much. But you can still be open to who the Lord may have for you in your heart life if there is somebody. Even if you're okay with your singleness, you just need to be willing to guard your heart. Um, need to really be careful how you interact with people. I mean, there's a level where you have to be careful what kind of conversations you're willing to have with people. That's not to say that you can't have deep and personal conversations with people of the opposite sex, but there's a level of wisdom and maybe not opening some doors open. Your accountability buddy should probably not be, you know, your, your female friend. That's, that's a bad idea. Please no. <laughs> I think too, cause we are in the section of you're single and you're fine with that. Maybe in your mind, this, you know, person of the opposite sex, man, you're just kind of chums and you're friends and there's, it's, it's, um, it's extremely, um, my goodness, what's the word I'm looking platonic. for? Yeah. Platonic. And like, there's just no levels of, you know, attraction or, or desire there on your part. And so you might be a little 
less guarded and mm-hmm. a little more loose and free with your emotions and and how you speak, but you never know the condition of their heart. And so I'd encourage, yeah, guard your heart and then even be thinking of the condition of the other person's heart that you're talking to, especially if if they're a person of the opposite uh, gender than you. And on the opposite end, don't make yourself unapproachable either. You don't have to be all stuck totally. up in like, you know, for guys, you can be the whole toxic masculinity, going to the gym and all that. <laughs> I don't know what the girls would be, but uh, don't make yourself like. <laughs> I think to- what to- toxic femininity, like filming yourself at the gym. I mean, if you want to go there, <laughs> and then know. waiting for that one guy to like look in your direction, and then you cancel him. We're going there tonight. All right, tough, <laughs> tough, tough, tough. Um, but like you know, just don't be dances. so like locking yourself in, and uh, you know, you can embrace the singleness. It, it's not your identity. Your identity is found in Christ. You are a child Amen. of God. That is first and foremost and really all you need. And everything else is secondary. So don't, like, make it a bigger thing than it needs to be. And don't be just so hard-pressed about, I need to guard my heart. Like, not, I mean, there's absolutely, there's so much merit in Proverbs 4.23. Yes. But also, like I say, guys and girls can coexist. Yep. You don't have to only hang out with the boys. You don't have to shun people away. You don't have to be aggressive. Right. Because I've seen that, too. That's great. Um, so next piece of advice, train yourself for godliness. Second Timothy three sixteen to 17. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's really key, that last statement, that you will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Training yourself for godliness, you need to be familiar with the scriptures. You need to be able to know what God is saying. You need to hear his voice on a regular basis. Also important there, talking to God in prayer. You listen to God, reading the scriptures, talking to God by praying. When you're single, you're going to have more free time than people like myself or JD or Hunter (laughs) will have. I don't know about you guys, but free free time, time, right? What is that? (laughs) I'm starting to forget. No, it's just, I mean, you know. It's that time you get between when the child lays down and yes. your spouse has a headache so they go to sleep early and you're like, yes, I have an hour to myself. I was going to say, yeah, it's like the hour and a half to two hours between when your children go to bed and it's just like you and your spouse just like, oh, we can watch a movie? You know what I mean? And then like, spending the first hour deciding what to watch together. Totally, oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. If we have time, I'll tell you guys how we got around the indecision with picking a movie. Oh, I would love to hear that. Save that for the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it later. Don't right. waste your singleness. That's yeah. what we're talking don't, about. Don't wait. Don't waste this time. I remember because, Pastor Todd mm-hmm. when, when COVID started. Yeah. And this infamous yeah. line, don't waste your coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, just don't waste. And he, what yep. he was getting at is don't waste your time in quarantine, right? Don't just right. sit around and binge Netflix. Like read a book, <laughs> you know, learn something. Not Dive only that, in. like it. I taught myself at, the any, alphabet. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Don't don't waste it because it's, anything could be a ministry opportunity. Yeah, it's so true. And so don't waste your singleness. Take this time, your free time. Learn the Greek alphabet. Like and go hand out gospel tracks. Yes. Go, no, go. you don't have to worry about taking care of your kids or your spouse if you're single. No. Don't be afraid to go do that. Be more involved in ministry. Go on right. that summer long or not summer long, month long summer mission trip yes. that your college ministry offers. Do that absolutely. because you can do that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I remember um, when I was in college, I was on the music team on Sunday mornings almost every almost every Sunday mm. because I wasn't I wasn't married. I had time I you could do that. Single. I was single. But now that I'm married, I limit myself. Right. Because I not only because I need to spend time with my wife, but I also want to. You know, I have to spend time with my wife. Dang it. They have to watch the office together. That's right. I hope Kennedy laughs when she hears that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. It's my turn. Um, Hunter, you get the last one. All right. The next advice, second to last one, if you're single and you're fine with that, trust God. Trust God. You know, this might sound obvious, but we could all use a reminder. We forget this so often and we are reminded daily of this. God knows exactly what he's doing. In fact, your desire to be married, I want you to listen to this. Your desire to be married is not incidental. God doesn't already know uh, the future. Doesn't, sorry, me. doesn't God already know the future for your life? Isn't he working all things out in your life for his good and for his glory? Isn't his timing always perfect? So trust God's providence and that his purpose will come to pass in your life. You know, every single time I've had an opportunity to counsel someone who's been struggling with 
being in a season of singleness, I, I've usually said, and I've, I've found this to be true most of the time, when a person can come to terms with their singleness and feel content in their relationship with the Lord and what he has going on in their life and what he's trying to teach them and where they're walking in with Christ, that is usually when the Lord brings someone along. And he's just trying to get, move them from, ah, I just need a boyfriend, girlfriend. I just need this. I just want this. I desire this. And when they can, someone can finally be at peace and rest and say, you know what? The Lord has me in this season and man, I'm going to seek him and I'm going to take advantage of these things that he's given me because this is precious time that not everyone has and I might not have again. And so I'm going to just seek the Lord and study my Bible and pray and be involved in my church. When a person can truly genuinely live in that space, I found that is usually when the Lord be like, okay, you're ready. And he brings someone along. But don't be trying to like rush that process and trying to say, oh, okay, no, I'm, yeah, I'm going to psych sure. out God. I'm going to do this reverse psychology thing. Where I'm going <laughs> to I'm totally start good, being, God. <laughs> start being happy. I'm going to, you know, really try to accept this and embrace it. I totally don't cry to sleep every night. <laughs> reverse psychology does not work on the Lord. But you're, you're going to be disappointed if you try that. Trust me. 100%. Right, right. Don't cheat yourself. One more thing just on that. I, I think that it's, um, this is something that somebody in college told me and it always stuck with me. It's don't be looking around you to see who's racing towards Jesus. See who can keep up with you. And that's the person that you should like try to be with. If there's somebody who can keep up with you, if you're both going for the same target, right. able to stay at the same pace, that's, that's the type of person that you want to be with. And I always thought that was kind of a bright little nugget from a person who maybe didn't have other bright insights. Who said that? It was a college friend. You oh, I know. thought it was some like heretical preacher that you were quoting. And oh no, I, I was not quoting anybody who wrote a book called like Love Wins or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob Bell. Mm. Uh, but one last thing that we need to remember, and I think this has been kind of said throughout our whole time, but it just it's it's our last reminder is that we need to be fixing our eyes on Jesus. As 1 Peter uh, 1.13 tells us, mm. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus is the goal. Jesus is the purpose of all of this. Your marriage is something that is actually meant to point to the Lord. So if that is something that the Lord has for you in your life, it is ultimately with the purpose to point to the relationship of Christ and the church. Everything in our life is to point to that. Thriving in singleness happens when we fix our eyes on the one who is sinless. It works when we look to Jesus to be the source of our joy, hope, purpose, and meaning. Only he can give us what you actually want, what you actually need. A spouse is not going to be able to fill that spot no matter how great they are. You could have the best spouse in the world, but they are ultimately going to fail you someday. Melcher, I'll, I'll give you the second to last word. Your elevator pitch again. If you were to tell if someone, you know, they're single and they're like totally good with that, what is some advice you'd give them like right now? Like quick elevator advice. Good for you, man. Like keep that <laughs> up. Honestly, like. What's I mean, the secret sauce, right? You know, continue to be content uh, and just surround yourself in the presence of good, godly mm-hmm. people who can continue to build you up. Seek out every opportunity that you can. Um, because, you know, God has you in this season of singleness. Like I say, it's an advantage, in my opinion, uh, for as far as, like, the freedom of a widespread ministry, those spontaneous, you know, missions, trips, and all all that stuff you can do. Just continue to be in that, but also, like I say, keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Don't be unapproachable. Uh, I mean, if, if you truly feel that you are called to singleness for life, I mean, you know, that's, that's an amazing space to be, to, to have that clarity. But if you don't, allow yourself... Uh, to see what God's working in your life and the lives around you and just be a faithful servant of Christ. Amen. Well, we'll end this episode with this doxology and it's a quote from C.T. Studd. What a name. C.T. Studd. You know he was pulling all the ladies with a name like that. C.T. Studd. What a stud. He was easy to find him. Stud finder. All right. He says this. (laughs) Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last friends listeners we hope that sticks with you the rest of your day thank you for listening to this episode of dudes and doxology may you glorify god and make the gospel amplified in everything we do we'll see you next time